This is Scott Vanderplu, and you're listening to the Artist Edition Index Podcast, Episode 23. episode of the podcast is a little late this time around. I normally try and put it up either the last day of the month or the last Friday of the month, but this past weekend I went to the Baltimore Comic Con as discussed on uh, the website and things got a little late, so that's why this is going up the first of the month and we'll see another one at the end of this month. So consider this the September edition of the Artist Edition Index podcast, where we take the written word from aeindex.org and bring it to life on through word. Um, lots of exciting things this month, and then not exciting things. Bit of a dichotomy, but the focus of the show this month is the Baltimore Comic Con. Let's discuss that a little bit. I went to Baltimore with a suitcase full of Artist Editions. Uh, tried to bring one for each creator. I think, let me count there. One, two, three, four, five, six. I brought nine with me for a variety of creators to get signed. And I wanted to see how it went at a con, see what little extras uh, were done in an artist edition, if something, and to see if it was worthwhile lugging these things around to a show. Let me summarize that, uh, I, I don't know if it's my age, but... Uh, Hauling that many artist editions around a show for a weekend to get signatures isn't worth it, in my opinion. And the reason I say that is, again, I don't know if it's just me, or but if I if the artist or the creator does a little something extra in the artist edition, which is based on time and availability, there's no question about that. But I'm going to be cr- compiling a list, and we'll be using that as a point of reference. Does an artist give a signature? Does an artist give a signature and maybe a, little, a tiny sketch? Do they give a, a larger image? And we'll put that up on the site just as a as a reference point, like all things on the Artist Edition Index. Just a information that you, the reader, or can take and use hopefully in your collecting. Um, I had some opportunities of some great conversations with people. But it's funny, the bulk of the show I spent waiting in line. And as I looked around the lines, a couple things struck me the most. Uh, It seems many, many, many people are getting comics signed for CGC signatures. And that seems to have influenced the creators in signing. Now, depending on the creator, I think we've seen this phenomenon, but uh, they're charging for signatures. at this show, uh, Frank Cho, I paid $5 for his signature. And Jim Starlin, I paid $10 for his signature. Unfortunately, Baltimore, I guess I didn't read the fine print well enough. But if you wanted Frank Miller's signature, you had to purchase a ticket, which was quite pricey. And then you got a special line, and he was there for an hour, uh, one day, two hours the next day, and I think a little more time on the third day. I was not willing to spend a large sum on a signature. Didn't seem worth it. But I did get 
signatures from the creators that I set out to get from. And let me just go through that list of who was there and uh, who I posted about being there and what I got. What blah, did I get a signature? All right, let me go to that. All right, so I stopped by the uh, Penny's booth and I got signatures from both Richard and Wendy Penny for my ElfQuest Gallery Edition. I stopped by Terry Moore's booth and got my signature for the Strangers in Paradise Gallery Edition and I got some great information on what was going on with that book, why there are those acetates or the overlays in there, and that's uh, he told me that it's they published his first attempt or his original art for the first issue and then at some point he decided it wasn't good enough I think and then and updated the pages so that's why you see that and I'll talk about that when I get to the review later on uh, as I said I did not get Frank Miller's signature I, uh, I did pay $10 for Klaus Janssen's signature in my Dark Knight Returns Gallery Edition um, I should backtrack and say Frank Cho he also did a little, uh, little head sketch of Wolverine for me, so I thought that was nice. Uh, P. Craig Russell got a signature uh, with no cost. Very nice gentleman. I'll talk about that in a minute as well. Walter Simons got his signature. Uh, no cost as well. And that was my stack of books from the show. I had some signatures from other people. Oh, I'm leaving out Best for Last there. and I Oh, that's why I didn't have it on my list. I am referring to... Mark Schultz, who appeared at the Flesk booth and who I didn't put on my list there. He did a beautiful illustration of Hannah in blue pencil in my book, and we had a chance to chat. So that's this, you know, there was a lot of waiting, a whole lot of waiting. And you think when you haul up the book, you know, you're hauling these books or you got a suitcase, you got a bin. And it's funny, I saw, I think I saw myself. I was talking to another gentleman in front of me in line who had a Marvel Covers Artist Edition. He was getting multiple creators signed that. I like that idea if you're trying to limit what you're doing because then you've got one book with many creators and you get lots of signatures. I saw another gentleman further up in the line for me. I think he had about four or five artist editions. And I think, and then I saw another lady with an artist edition. And that was about it as far as people lugging these books around to get signatures. Um, the funny thing about the show is I didn't see any for sale anywhere. This is a, this is a comic book show. And the, Baltimore is beautiful in that, and it's just comic books. There's nothing else. There's no, you know, it's not pop culture. Well, they had a few, I think they had four or five guests that weren't from comics. But all the, many, many, many vendors selling comic books, old comic books. And it was, uh, it was great for that. I found a guy who was selling old books. So I picked up a couple uh, 1970s newspaper strip reprints that I didn't have before. And then just a lot of creators. Uh, it was a very exciting show. If you are interested in seeing creators or talking to creators or getting signatures, it's definitely a show worthwhile visiting. So let me circle back around after saying that I didn't think it was worthwhile for me anymore to haul all these around just for signatures. And that's because the time, the effort required. Um, I waited, as an example, waited two hours in line for Walter Simonson's signature. I mean, he's a very popular creator. Um, I lined up on the Saturday when the show opened, and uh, he didn't arrive until um, about an hour into the show. And then it took me a little over an hour to get through the line to the point where I got his signature. So I actually got him to sign two books for me. So he has that nice, giant, uh, you know, dinosaur signature that he does, and it looks awesome. But he's very busy. 
and there's a lot of people in line, so there's not that chance really to chat or maybe to ask, hey, can you put a little, you know, can you add a little head or something to the to the uh, to the book as a as an illustration? But as well, he wasn't charging, and he's very friendly gentleman. Uh, I did ask him. I said, I know you. You know, you've got seven of these or out of, the, of these out, and you uh, you save all your original artwork. Do you have anything else coming in the pipeline? And he said, Yes, I do, but I can't talk about it. So I think we'll continue to see uh, volumes from Walter Simonson as the time goes. Um, there's nothing future coming from the pennies. I think that was a one and done with ElfQuest. Um, I did not get a chance really to talk to Jim Starlin. He was a very nice gentleman as well, but his line was moving along, and uh, that was just a signature in the book. Uh, Frank Cho had a very small line, but uh, there were people with stacks and stacks of books that he was signing for CGC Signature Series. So I did get up to him, and like I said, he drew a nice uh, headshot. Had a really great chat with... um, Mark Schultz about, uh, you know, is is there a, another volume coming? Because as we all have read, that uh, something coming from uh, Kitchen Sink Books. And he said, uh, yes, he believes it is. He doesn't have, can't really talk about it beyond that. So I was happy with that. We had a chance to, just to talk about the work. And uh, he, uh, oh, he showed me uh, his preliminaries for the next uh, Xenozoic Tales or Cadillacs and Dinosaurs story uh, that's going to be released as a, I guess as a graphic novel. The uh, just the preliminaries looked awesome, so I can only imagine what uh, what the finished product's going to look like. He had it on a on an iPad Mini, so that was awesome. Didn't really not a lot of chatting with Klaus Janssen either. Had a line, paid my money, got my signature, um, which leads me to uh, P. Craig Russell. I had a chance to chat with P. Craig Russell and Wayne Allen Harold, the dynamic duo that's bringing us these uh, crowdfunded editions of uh, Russell's work. Uh, both gentlemen extremely nice and extremely friendly and uh, talkative and generous with their time. I, I really enjoyed uh, spending the time with them and talking about just, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk about what I do here, you know, artist editions and the reviews and how you approach things, and uh, I got a chance to talk with them about the process and what it's like to be putting together, uh, you know, an artist edition sort of on your own, and uh, getting that published and you know printed in China and sent and then handled, and then distributing through Diamond. It was a really wonderful conversation. I'm so glad I had the chance to share that time with them. And that's pretty well my Baltimore experience. It was a lot of fun. Um, with a lot of, of tedium and uh, waiting in line. And I guess that's the, uh, you know, as you get older, maybe, or you're more open personality, you have a chance to speak with those around you. And if I saw somebody with an artist edition and I was in line, I'd spark up a conversation, just talk about the books. Uh, I didn't, uh, I, had, I had a badge on uh, because I had a press pass. So it did say that I was my name and the artist edition index, but not a lot of people seem to know about that. So I'm not sure how we can change hearts and minds and educate the community more. Uh, it's funny, I had driven down to Baltimore with a group of uh, three other comic collectors, and two of them, one was a good friend of mine, and uh, he knew all about what I was doing, but the other two, uh, comic collectors, comic fans, but they had never seen an artist edition, they didn't know what it was, and 
like everybody else, when they saw one, when they saw what it was and had an opportunity for me to talk about it and what this, what it brings to the comic fan, they were excited and really liked uh, the format. And uh, as an aside as well, we talked about artist editions that don't have the text. And I was telling them uh, after I talked with uh, Wayne and Craig about uh, the next volume of the uh, of their, I guess the third self-published, which is uh, P. Craig Russell's The Selfish Giant and other stories, fine art edition, and that lettering was being done to add to the book to to present it so people could read it, and that's what they said. Well, wait a second, it's not a comic without text, without word balloons, without being able to enjoy you know story via pictures and words. So I was glad to see that uh, it's not just me and uh, my frame of mind for that, but it also extends to people who don't know anything about artist editions but know about comics and say, hey, that's what a comic is. All right, that's me in Baltimore. Let's move on. Uh, Let's talk about shipping changes. I'm looking at our monthly schedule and what I'm supposed to talk about in this podcast. One shipping change this month, and that is... Um, go on a list, sorry. I'm in again this month. That's Bill Sienkiewicz's Mutants and Moon Knights Artifact Edition. That date changed from October 10th to October 17th. That's our only change, and that's because, as well, uh, when we talk about solicitations, there weren't any. So this month, we've this is another month where we've got no solicitations from IDW. And no solicitations from any other publisher. So it definitely feels like IDW has stopped their monthly solicitation schedule. And uh, going to be maybe tightening up that schedule and focusing more on limiting what's being available, what's being published. Or maybe the material's running out, or maybe they feel market saturation. I don't know. When I look at the sales numbers of the X-Men, John Burns X-Men Artifact Edition, that was uh, initial sales... I think from Diamond listed at 1190, which is pretty great for recent sales. And then I think that John, I think the Jack Kirby's Marvel Heroes and Monsters sold quite well as well. So we're seeing an upswing, but maybe that's due for, well, I mean, for that age of collector. I think we've talked about this before, but John Burns X Men Artifact Edition is is the volume to have. All right, that's shipping changes. Let's move on to our next topic, which is solicitations, which we just talked about. There aren't any. And we'll move on to sales. And that is monthly sales and out-of-print sales. So let's look at sales numbers for August 2018. Four books were released in August. Two books showed on the sales charts. Uh, Jack Kirby's Marvel Heroes and Monsters Artist Edition sold 601 copies through Diamond, and it appeared on the top 500 graphic novels sales chart. John Byrne's X-Men Artifact Edition appeared on the top 10 book sales chart, which unfortunately that happens when a book, when Diamond classifies a book or a graphic novel as a book or a comic as a book or something that falls out of the normal category, then we go to a different list. But it sold 1,190 copies. Two books that didn't make the list, and I don't know if because they were classified as books but didn't hit the top 10, or just didn't make the numbers, and that's Jim Starlin's Marvel Cosmic Artifact Edition and Terry Moore's Strangers in Paradise Gallery Edition. They just didn't make either list. 
but we had four, which is a banner month, with three being from the same publisher, which killed many hearts and wallets. All right, out of print sales. Let's have a look-see. Again, we'll only talk about what sold, but uh, this month had a lot of sales. I'm, some of them, you know, low. I do want to say the two books sold 11 copies in August on eBay, so that's some pretty high numbers. All right, Alien and Illustrated Story, the original art edition. One copy sold, $39. Three copies of Bernie Wright's and Artifact Edition sold for an average of $176.81. Three copies of Dave Stevens' The Rocketeer Artist Edition, first print, for an average of $123. It's quite a price drop from what we're used to seeing for that first ever Artist Edition. David Mazzuchelli's Jared Born Again Artist Edition, two copies sold, an average of $225.43. Again, that book holding the highest value for this format because there has been new reprints. Moving down the list. Gil Kane's The Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition. Four copies sold, an average of $113.49. Three copies of Jack Davis's EC Stories Artist Edition sold for an average of $90.66. Boom. Big savings on that book on eBay. Four copies of Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four, The World's Greatest Artist Edition for an average of $139.96. Eleven copies of on eBay of Jim Starlin's Marvel Cosmic Artifact Edition. It's premier month for an average of $129.58, so slightly above cover. Five copies of John Byrne's Fantastic Four Arts Edition for an average of $113.60. And 11 copies of John Byrne's X-Men Artifact Edition for an average of $137.04. Again, above cover price. That is interesting. One copy of John Romita's The Amazing Spider-Man Arts Edition for 155. One copy of Marvel Covers Artist Edition first print, 121.39. A lot of ones after this. One copy of Mike Magnola's Hellboy and Helena, the Stories Artist Edition for 97.97. One copy of P. Craig Russell's Strange Dreams Artist Edition for 99.99. Two copies of Sergio Aragonés' Grew the Wanderer Artist Edition, averaging $83. Three copies of Spawn Vault Edition. Averaging one forty one ninety eight, so savings, savings there again. One copy of Stranko Nick Fury Agent of Shield Artist Edition first print one twenty nine ninety five. One copy of Usagi Jimbo Samurai and Other Stories Gallery Edition for seventy six ninety eight. One copy of Usagi Jimbo The Artist and Other Stories Gallery Edition for eighty two fifty four. Three copies of Wally Woods EC Stories Artist Edition for two twenty seven fifty the average. So there's a big bump and a book that hasn't seen sales recently. One copy of Walter Simonson's Thor Artist Edition for $125, so above cover. It's a lot of movement on eBay. And normally, you know, those I say those that 11 uh, for the Starlin and the Burn X-Men, and that's a big banner number for us on this list, but that's also because it uh, it's the month that it premiered. I normally don't cover a book in the month that it premiered on this list because it's for out-of-print sales. But... While that's what I call it, I've changed the description to say that we're tracking books that are not available through Diamond. So if Diamond says it is back-ordered, then I'm adding it to this list. And that's, that's, I think that's the way to go as a go-forward. Because uh, we're seeing back-ordered, not stocked on Diamond, or we're seeing back-ordered, stocked. And maybe they get some in again, and maybe they don't. Uh, Diamond did get more Jim Starlin's Marvel Cosmic Artifact Edition in. But, and they got very few extras of John Byrne's X-Men Artifact Edition in. But now it's boom, out of stock again. 
So maybe stock's tightening up or maybe it's just a diamond issue. One or the other. But either way, it's, uh, we're tracking those sales. All right, let's look at letters this month. Here's something uh, we, don't, uh, we don't get a lot. Uh, we have a lot of talk on the forums, but we don't, I don't get many letters. People ask me questions, but I did get questions from um, Fernando, and he asked me, and he had posted this in the forum and nobody replied, so I'm glad that he emailed me. And uh, He said, finally got around to checking out Joe Kubert's Tarzan and the Lion Man Artist Edition. Excellent, but covering some pages are... The blacks aren't that dark. The cover is black green like the border I saw in Scott's review and he reproduced the cover to 221 in page one. In his photo, blacks both seem the same degree of darkness, but my copy of the cover to 224, the blacks are about 85 of what page one is. Just wondering if it is my copy or how the book was actually printed. So I had a look and I said to him, yep, my cover looks faded to 224 as well. It doesn't really come through in the photos, but it does, yes, the inks are lighter in that, and he thanked me for that. So that's always nice. I got uh, got some emails from Rob W. about uh, books availability in Amazon, and I pointed him to the Amazon page that we have on the index. If you go to the main AE index page and look at the top, online pricing comparison lists all the Amazon prices for U.S., Canada, and U.K., and you can look at that and see what books... Amazon's putting on sale. It seems mostly Amazon Canada, but there are deals to be had if you're picking up a book other than IDW, obviously. So, But, I mean, on Amazon, we see Dark Horse, we see Dynamite, and uh, Fanographics, Hermes. Uh, so, it's a good selection. And I believe I had one more letter. Let me have a look here. From Scott B. emailed me and said, Hey, I've been trying to sign I love your site. Trying to, what did you say? I'm a big fan of your site and I've tried several times unsuccessfully to sign up for your newsletter. Is there any way that you could sign me up manually? And that sent me to the website and I went, Oh, I hadn't, you know, and I looked and I haven't had any subscribers since May. And I guess that's when a plugin had updated on the site. And when people, when you try to sign up for the newsletter, it gave an error. And I was not aware of this and I apologize. And I'm going to be posting something on the site that says, if you've tried to sign up for the newsletter, please try again because it's now working. So I haven't had any new subscribers since May. Now, thankfully, Scott B. emailed me, and he's on the list. And uh, I encourage anybody who listens to please sign up for the newsletter. We, it goes out once a week. It recaps uh, the week's posts. So if you're not a regular visitor to the site or you don't like to, you know, you don't want to be checking on things, you get this email Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock Eastern, and it gives you an opportunity to see what came on the site, what you missed. And then you can click through and have a, have a read. I thought Saturday, the weekend is a good time to recap and let people have a peek and enjoy that. And I believe that is the case because I get a spike in traffic every Saturday afternoon. So well worthwhile. All right, moving on. Let's look at what we talk about next. New releases. Hmm. What did we see in the month of September? Let's have a look at the master list. September saw. Well, I'm doing some scrolling here. Taking me a bit. One book. And not released through Diamond. I got my copy of... P. Craig Russell's Salome and other stories, Fine Art Edition. It was it's a uh, it was a kickstarted, 
and uh, Wayne Allen Harold has shipped them out as best he can and still go I think he's got them all out or he's just finishing up got my copy and uh, the review is posted online and I'll talk about that in a minute but uh, it is solicited through Diamond and it will be shipping in November so if you're feeling anxious ah why did I get my copy it's because I did the Kickstarter but uh, he is soliciting co- his books through Diamond as well so for those who order through Diamond, just be patient, and you can read my review, and you can enjoy it that way. Would like to mention one other thing. Um, for the first time this month, I put up a uh, post called Deal Alert for September. That's because one of my affiliate link um, online websites that I link to, where I get uh, some affiliate money from when you click through, had a sale and they had uh, they had five artist editions that were going for cheap. Uh, the prices uh, either they've sold out or they've gone up now, but there is still one available. If you did not get Jack Kirby's Marvel Heroes and Monsters artist edition, it is still on sale for seventy two dollars. That is less than half of the cover price. So if that sounds awesome to you, if you're one of the people who didn't get a copy. It is amazing. I talked about it last month. The reviews online. Please buy a copy. It is such great work. The uh, the pre Marvel heroes uh, monster stories are just amazing. You got to pick this book up. Um, I would recommend it to people who in the U.S. The shipping gets a kind of crazy outside of the U.S., so it's not really worth it. But go to the go to see artist artist edition index. Uh, click the things from another world link. And you can get it for $72, or you can click on uh, the post that is, says Deal Alert for September 2018, and the links are there as well. So please take advantage of that sale. It is amazing. All right, speaking of amazing sales, before we get to the uh, review section of the website, I realize I uh, skipped over a bunch of stuff at the beginning of the podcast, and I normally cover that uh, we're talking about aeindex.org, and I'm available at scott at aeindex.org on Facebook at slash Artist Edition Index or on Twitter at AE Index. If you like the website, if you like the show, please support us by using the affiliate links. That's the best way to support me. If you're going to buy these books anyways, clicking on it through my through a link on my site, uh, either in the U.S. through Things from Another World, uh, Amazon through, you know, .com, .ca, .uk, or from eBay, or through Forbidden Planet in the UK. Uh, I would really appreciate that. Or you can also be a supporter of the site through Patreon, where I have just one level, a dollar. And if you're feeling generous, you can go above a dollar. But uh, that's the uh, that's the only threshold I have. I have some uh, advertiser thresholds that I'm actually going to remove. I'm going to move advertising just to the site. If you'd like to advertise on our new weekly newsletter, or if you'd like to advertise on the website, just contact me, scott at aenx.org, and I will give you the rates they are very very reasonable and uh, we can talk about uh, length of time you'd like to advertise and where you'd like to do that i i've had it on patreon for a while and i don't i don't i might as well just handle it myself why you know why give the extra points to patreon i can just do it myself two reviews published on the artist edition index in september john burns x-men artifact edition and P. Craig Russell's Salome and Other Stories 
Fine Art Edition. Let's talk about John Byrne's X-Men Artifact Edition. Here's the blurb. John Byrne's run on the X-Men began with issue 108 and lasted until number 143. The team of Claremont, Byrne, and Austin made the X-Men, which was already a hit series under Dave Cockrum, soar to the top of the charts in comic sales. They introduced Alpha Flight and then created the near-mythical storylines of the Dark Phoenix Saga and Days of Future Past. These and the rest of their stories remain burned into the memories of collective fandom to this day and have been the basis for several X-Men films. This artifact edition will include more than 100 pages of X-Men covers, splashes, and pages from Byrne's X-Men run. All have been meticulously scanned from the original art and reproduced to the exacting artist edition standards out of one IDW publishing five highly coveted Eisner Award uh, awards to date. It's 12 by 17, 168 pages, 125 US. Online available if you can get it. Uh, tough work through a local comic shop now. It is available directly through IDW's website. Um, a lot of pages here. Really covering the gamut of the X-Men, of Burns X-Men run. Um, not a lot of pages per issue. Uh, some of the issues, let's see, one, two, three, six pages. One issue, yeah, we get six or seven pages from a couple of them. Some of them only have one page. And it's a, it's a real, uh, real mixture. And so, unfortunately, is the scan quality. Um... There's 56 people thanked at the front of this book, and I would say that's that's where the art's coming from. I don't know how much was scanned in-house. Uh, Scott Dunbeer's the, Dunbeer's the editor, and uh, I don't know how much he scanned and how much came from outside sources or who was scanning what, uh, but the quality varies. So you got to keep that in mind. I mean, it was... It's Burn X-Men, right? I mean... If you, like I said earlier, if you're of that age, this is pretty great stuff. I had started collecting just sort of in the middle of this run. And I remember these are the first back issues I ever bought. It's amazing to see the stuff. It really is. To see it the size, the original pages to hold them uh, in a book like this is amazing. I, I mean, I'm sure like everybody else, I wish this was an artist edition with complete stories. And who knows what the future holds, you know, as these, uh, you know, I think we talked about the last month, as more pages are found, I mean, in 10 years, will another 50 pages of this material be available, and then will we see something? I'm, I think a 10th anniversary look at any of these volumes would be amazing for a reprint or an additional volume or, but, uh, yeah, please have a, go online, have a look at the review, have a look at the images, and uh, judge for yourself. Uh, the next book, as I said, this is a bit of a this would be a preview for a lot of people who ordered it through Diamond. Um, but if you got it through the Kickstarter campaign, then you're like me and have uh, hold it in your hands. Let me give you the blurb on this: three feature-length stories of music and murder from multiple Eisner and Harvey Award winner P. Craig Russell, The Sandman, The Dream Hunters, American Gods, plus three bonus musical shorts make for a drop-dead gorgeous fine art edition. This beautiful 12 by 17 inch oversized hardcover features the complete stories Salome, The Clowns, The Godfather's Code, Unto This World, Ein Heldron Traum, and Between Two Worlds, all scanned from P. Craig Russell's stunning original art. While appearing to be in black and white, each page has been scanned in color to create as closely as possible the experience of viewing the actual originals, including blue pencils, notes, art corrections, and more. Pages are reproduced at original size on heavy paper stock to provide fans, aficionados, and collectors with the best possible reproductions. Um, 
it's, uh, it's 12 by 17, 132 pages, 125 US. It was 100 if you got it for the um, crowdfunding, but uh, no spilt milk there. Just get it from Diamond at this point. And uh, yep, this is another awesome edition where we get to see a variety of uh, Russell's work from different time periods, different styles. And uh, this stuff is gorgeous. Just you know, just to look at it and see Salome's cloak, and uh, just just uh, it is awesome. And then the clowns, the um, the facial expressions. It's interesting. The uh, you see highly detailed faces, and then a lot of times Russell goes with a simpler face, like in a crowd where there's, um, and it's quite expressive. It's interesting to see it that way really gorgeous that that and the uh, Godfather's Code were meant to be produced uh, as a lower budget uh, but uh, on the Godfather's Code I love the, the pencils and then the shadows and uh, it's really really wonderful and there's even a story included uh, I think it's three pages or that uh, the only work he's ever colored in colored pencil and then uh then some modern stuff and the gallery that uh, focuses back on the stories. We see some work, some Salome work, and I. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, the uh, I had I had been using the accent uh, in French. It's accent the U, right over the E to get Salome as opposed to Salome or Salome. And uh, but then when the book was published, there was no accent in the indices. And I think as everybody knows, I like to use exactly what's printed in the indices for the uh, when the book is listed or referred to on the site and uh, I was talking to uh, Craig about the and he said no no that's the, yeah, the accents there but they didn't do it for the uh, didn't do it for the typing the type in the uh, indices so we were right all along there but because I'm faithful to the indices I'm going to stick with that and I hope uh, hope for the next one to come out soon I'm really enjoying these volumes uh, that's sort of a bit brief on the reviews there, but I noticed I was going. I'm over time here, so thanks for joining me in this voyage of uh, taking the written word uh, to the spoken word. Join me every month for this podcast, and join me weekly at eindex.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>